Chapter 1, the beginning of August, is here. Hallelujah! In a little as two weeks, school will be starting. This would have been devastating for me if I were a kid again, being that school didn't start until later after Labor Day weekend. But hey, it's my children starting back at school. Not me. Kids are not like what they used to be. They're way too many distractions. When I was growing up, neighborhood kids played outside. There are no Xboxes and iPods or all-day music video watching on iPhones. We interacted with each other, making up games to play on the lawn, ringing up tiver balls on the corner, stop sign, or just playing jacks. I wonder if they ever know what a tiver ball is. I understand that times have changed. We are in the computer age. Everything is done on or with computers. To young people, the way my generation grew up is considered archaic. They cannot comprehend how we grew up without a cell phone, a world wide web, or the Xbox for that matter. Personally, I long for the good old days. Today there's too much violence in the world. You can't even let your children walk home from school alone without fearing they'll be snatched up. I see that every week on the news. How poor children how some poor child was taken, sexually molested, killed. My heart goes out to the parents of these children. I tried my best and still some of my old school ways to my own teenage children. They're not allowed to sit in front of their television for hours on end. Their time in the video games is limited. There are plenty of other ways to assimilate their brains. It's why they both belong to clubs at school. They both have part-time jobs. I'm a firm believer that children today keep need all the occupied time that they can get. Besides, with my kids being so busy with their own lives, I am free to work more on the novel that I've just recently started. C.C. Fielding Brown, that's me. Wife, mother, too. Writer, short, mushy romance stories. My husband, Michael Brown, owns a very successful restaurant in the middle of Metro Denver. My children, Monica, who is 16, and my son, Nick, who is the cop who is in coattails of his sister, is 15. Michael's a good, hard-working man, and the kids are respectful young adults. I'm proud of my family. Proud, proud, proud. I'm bored out of my damn mind. This is why I've decided to sit down and try my hand at writing a novel. Immense pieces of write have become too easy at the... have come, become, have become too easy at the age of 50, 35. I do not feel the need for a challenge. Because I do not come with my large family, very small in fact, my husband and my children have become a focal point of my life. They are my life. Lately, though, I have to admit, I've started feeling things stirring in my soul that I cannot understand. I find myself longing for something that I did not, do not have. Over in reality, something I've, everything I've ever wanted. I know what I'm feeling was nothing to do with material things. I've been so very fortunate in that aspect. I know it's nothing to do with my children growing up and getting ready to go out into the world. So I do know I do not want any more kids. That's for damn sure. With that being said, I know that is not the empty nest syndrome creeping up me either. Whatever that stirring is rumbling around my soul, I notice it's gotten a psychic to accompany it. Loneliness. I find that my life has turned into one endless cycle of going doing for others why I left with nothing for myself. I suppose this is what women signs 
I'm one of the signs on to when she gets age to get married, have children. How can I be complain? I have been very blessed. So why can't I shake the feeling that my strong and determined will has led me down the wrong road? That I took a left instead of a right? Why do I feel a spreading sense of emptiness growing inside me when I have everything I need and want? I admit it. I don't, I don't have the answers. At least now I don't. By now I don't. A phone ringing breaks into my reverie. Now I'm back, standing in my beautiful kitchen, watching my half-grown children, sitting in the corner, gulping down one, down orange juice and suddenly discussing tentative plans for the rest of this summer. Their laughter fills the air, as well as my heart. Hello, I answer the phone. Hello. I click again, and there's no response. Click. Hmm, I say out loud as if I place a receiver back in the cradle. That's been happening a lot lately, Malika says, looking at me. I haven't noticed, I say. I hadn't really. I really hadn't. I mean, I got so cut up in my house, I work on my writing, not to mention the things I'd have to do for the kids. I just haven't really paid my, paid attention to it. Besides, if Monica isn't on her house phone, she's hogging the house phone. I shrug my shoulder and turn away from them to make, make a cup of coffee to myself. I find myself trying thinking of my kids as slowly stirring the cream and coffee at times plenty of them when I felt as if I was raising twins not only because they were so close in age because they looked so much alike both with the same caramel colour skin cone same thick sandy brown hair and Michael's beautiful hazel eyes exact blend of Michael and me not only do the kids like look alike they also have similar personalities they have a little on the shy side they also have the same determination, strong will that I have. They want things in life because of what that they work hard in school, which results in good grades. That's why I allow them to do have part-time jobs. So many teenagers these days have little and have no respect for adults. I can proudly say that my kids are well-behaved, respectful young adults. I did that. I am proud of them. Once again, my thoughts have been interrupted. My husband of 16 years has gone into the kitchen. By now, the kids have left the room, probably getting ready to execute their plans. They are so subtly talking about. Good morning, C.C. Good morning, Michael. Coffee? Yes, please, he answers. He walks over to his favourite kitchen chair and takes a seat. Has the paper come yet? I fill the mug with steaming coffee and add just the right amount of cream and sugar and carry it over to where he sits. Is that chair next? It's in the chair next to you. I answer. I look at Mike on, on at Michael opens the p- paper and starts to scan all the pages with his trained eye. He slowly down when he comes to the financial section. Michael is e- even six feet on the thin side. His skin colour is what folks call high yellow. I just call him Redbone. He's a full head of soft. Brown curls and the face is almost as smooth as any woman. I tease him sometimes when I tell him he would make a ton of money being a drag queen. I am on the lighter side of brown, hardly yellow by any means, more of red to be that. Most likely from my cinema ancestry. I am five ten, I'm five feet, seven inches tall. I pride myself on my smooth complexion, longing, nicely shaped legs and thin waist. Tom Fummies, an award-winning beauty salon I frequent, keeps my short-length dark hair, glory, 
looking sleek and sexy, even if you have to say it myself. Look, damn proud for my age. Mike and I have known each other since we were twelve years old. We grew up in our same neighborhood. However, we didn't start dating until we were juniors in high school. Our teenage relationship had nothing to do with love. For me, it was a way of passing time. I was a fly-by-the-pants kind of girl. While Michael, on the other hand, was focused on and knew exactly what he wanted out of life. I have to say I was fascinated with the way he was. I never met anyone that young with so much drive. I hung around him hoping that some of that, what he had, would rub off on me. Indeed it did. I discovered I was pregnant last month in high school. Doing that, what we thought was right, doing what we thought was right, we married shortly after our graduation. Over the course of time, I didn't say that we ever fell in love. We do care for each other deeply, though. And so far, we managed to make this marriage work. So you see, you're okay. You've been washing the same dish for about five minutes now, Mike was. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Just daydreaming is all. Can I get you something else? I asked, knowing full well that he barely eats here. No thanks, Michael answers. Then asks, do you remember that the mayor and his wife are coming and having a luncheon today? I remember. He only mentioned it so, so I know what an important man he is. Just in case my knowledge is mighty and slipped away from me. Yes, I remember. You need help, I ask. I know for certain he doesn't. He hadn't needed any help in several years. He had good staff. They're dependable. Hard working. And I should know. I helped him pick them out. 